This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Size, size plus stiffness. What's important to every woman, right? The package. That's what we're going for. Welcome to Range, stories of the new American West. I'm Julia Ritchie. And I'm Amy Westervelt. You just heard from Jen Gorecki, and I swear she was talking about skis. Yeah, skis. But more from her later. We started this podcast because we wanted a place to share the stories of people who not only embody that outlaw spirit of the Old West, but are really paving a new path in the New West. I, for one, just moved here from the East Coast last summer, but I've always had this fascination with the frontier and starting over out West. I was born and raised in the West, but I'm still fascinated by how new everything is here and how much opportunity there is to just reinvent yourself and do whatever crazy stuff you want to do without anyone really noticing. Um, Those are the kinds of stories that we hope to tell, I think, in this podcast. Whether you were born here or you just moved here, we're going to find those stories in the wide open spaces that really define the West. Yeah. So in Range's first season, we're going to be looking at everything from water rights to the cult of Tesla to the medical marijuana industry, what American mining looks like these days, and of course, wild horses and hookers. Of course. Our first episode is focused on female-led startups, and I swear it's not because of Sheryl Sandberg. (laughs) Um, We really didn't have a specific reason for starting with these ladies, except that we just happened to gather the most material on them first. But I will say that these women really embody that whole go-your-own-way, build-your-thing-in-the-desert-and-they-will-come sort of attitude that we associate with the West. We met some real live Calamity Janes and Annie Oakleys during a Lady Boss breakfast we both attended in Reno a few months ago. And I thought we should play some clips of a few of the female entrepreneurs there. Um, I'm Annie Burns. I'm the promotion manager at KTVN Channel 2 News. Um, That's my day job. But my side job, my passion is I'm creating um, a reality TV show called Jet Set Go. And it's a fitness adventure travel show. My name is Patty, and I'm the owner of The Design Hub. The Design Hub is a co-working space that's actually made for cosmetologists. Hi, everybody. I'm Kelly Northridge. I am actually working on my doctorate at the University of Oxford in England, but I came home to Reno to do my dissertation research on investing in women. There are about 20 people there, but you get the idea. So, Amy, who did you decide to focus on? Jen Gorecki, who was not actually at that breakfast, um, but she's part of that group, and she's the CEO of a ski and snowboard company called Coalition Snow. She won the Nevada Governor Startup Pitch Competition and has a really interesting take on why it's important for women to be in business, especially certain businesses. Just a quick note that you may hear some road noise during our interview. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it... A real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. 
At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I was on a backcountry ski trip on the east side of the Sierra. And, um, you know, just having a conversation more so about about the way that women are treated in the industry, like how professional athletes are treated, how they get paid at different amounts than men, and, you know, because of different compensations, like you don't see them in as many films, and you don't see them competing, and different, like, just like how women are treated, and that it's actually has nothing to do with their skill in comparison to men. It's just that, like, literally they don't have the financial backing that men have to have the, to, to be able to be front and center in the industry. And so, um... You know, I think that Lindsay Dyer putting out pretty faces like really sparked a lot of dialogue about that. Her open letter to Free Skier around, hey, by the way, when you put a picture of me on your website, can it be of me skiing? I don't you know, like, can you guys do that? Like Molly Baker then followed up. So there was like stuff going on. Like at that time, like we knew pretty fa- like there's all this kind of so we were having a conversation around that. Just to give you some context here, Lindsay Dyer is a pro skier who started getting really fed up with the treatment of women in the industry a couple of years ago and made the first all-female ski documentary, Pretty Faces. Here's a short clip from that movie. Being told that I can't has always fueled me. You know, you can't keep up. This is not a girlfriend line. All of that has pushed me even harder. I was told that you're too old and we're basically marketing to a younger demographic. I was 32, I think. Someone pointed to me and they said, that's the woman who thinks she's gonna ski the Polacco. It was a huge success and has been something of a catalyst in the outdoor sports industry in general to rethink how women are treated. Here's Jen again. Then the conversation kind of got into like, well, what's going to change that is that like women need to come to the table and women need to start changing the industry. And so you need more women's, you need women's companies. And then there was the conversation of like, well, but if you're just a woman making clothing, then you're a woman making, like that's what women are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Right accessories that's that's a that's then stay in your lane ladies that's what you're supposed to do so if you want to mix up the industry and sort of like make a statement get out of your lane and getting out of your lane would have been women designing skis and snowboards because that's not done a lot that's really interesting so maybe this is a dumb question but what is it exactly about all the women's skis that are out there that don't work that's not dumb at all. I am not an expert skier, so I asked her about that, too, because I have no idea. I mean, honestly, like, it's not rocket science. It's, like, really, like, we just have a much stiffer flex. So if, if you take, like, the, the traditional perception of women is that they're not as strong as men. Therefore, they can't initiate a turn to push a ski around the way that a man can. So we have to take a man's ski, and we literally have to shave it down and soften it up and you know, make it so that a woman could use it. Well, that's like a pretty smart thing to do maybe for like beginner skiers, but women don't, not all women need soft skis. So like one of the things that differentiates us the most is that we just have a much stiffer flex, which is 
what you want if you're an advanced expert ski. Like, you want a stiffer ski because you just can't do what you need to do on a soft ski or board. You just can't do it, you know. So I would say that that's, like, the biggest difference um, with then appropriate sizes, right? So we have lengths that women have said that they want. So, like, size, size plus stiffness, what's important to every woman, right? The package. That's what we're going for. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Right? The other thing I wanted to know was how the hell you go about starting a ski company. That seems really ambitious and really expensive, but Gorecki found sort of a new way to do it. We were really lucky that we got, we we just got a great deal with the factory that we're, we're working with. Like most of the time, and this is what I think is really difficult for ski companies, your minimums are huge. Yeah. So you have, and you're sitting on all this product. We didn't have to do that. So I really approached this business through like the lean startup um, met- method, like that philosophy. Mm-hmm. Like that's how we got coalition off the ground. It wasn't about having a huge line and all the sizes and per- and per- perfection and massive quantity. Like that wasn't, that's, that wasn't, I didn't want to go that route. It was all about like, get something to market let people give you feedback on it find like you're never going to get true feedback unless you're in the market right like and then be lean so jen got strategic while working with a factory in japan and her recounting of her conversation with the factory's manager is pretty epic here i'm just a negotiator yeah like i just won't accept the first thing sent to me and i've fought for what i thought we needed you know and i think that at some level people I think they were just like, who is this woman and what are they trying to do? Like, I don't, and I don't know, maybe, maybe, but if, you know, I think that that sometimes, like, when you put yourself out there a little bit and you're doing something different, if people think it's interesting, they'll work with you to just see what's going to happen. And I think that that was kind of what happened is like these, you know, they're just, you know, Hiseo-san is like, women's skis, that size, that flex, no, Jennifer-san, Jennifer San, women women don't ski on that. Oh, Haseo San, yes they do. This is what we'll be be making. Jennifer San, are you sure? Yes, Haseo San. So even with the deal worked out with the factory in Japan, it still seems like a really big endeavor to me to start a ski company. So I pushed Jen for a little more information on the money side of things. So we, um, you know, when you first start a company, friends and family. People say fools, but I wouldn't call any of our investor fools. We're not working with like angels or VCs or anything. So people that we know, people who know us. And Jen also has this business principle that I think is rather admirable. We kind of have a rule about investors that we won't work with anybody who we wouldn't want to sit down at the table and have dinner with. So we're not chasing money. Mm-hmm. It's like really like cool, pe- you know, and yeah, it's just people who believe in the company and believe in in us like believe in in the team and then in terms of the amount i don't want to get into like exact specifics but small like we're bootstrapping and as we grow we'll definitely need more capital and i think we'd look at taking on you know more significant investment um potentially working with angels or vcs although a lot of times they're really interested in tech you know what i mean so like if you're not a tech company you're not even on the radar um i didn't want to go after, you know, a million dollars in investment. Yeah. I just didn't want to, I, I don't know. I just didn't want to do it. Really, I don't think you need to do that your first year or two. I really don't. So, Julia, I got Jen to tell me later what their seed funding was, and it was way, way, way less than what I would have thought it takes to start a ski company. Do you want to guess how much it was? Um, like 250000 Less. Uh, wow. 100000 
She said it was actually around $75,000. Wow. I know. And then they did their Kickstarter and got 31000 So all in just over $100,000 to start a ski company. But she said they had a bad winter their first year. So now they're going into year two and they really need to make sales. It's a good thing for them that it snowed. So, I mean, honestly, last year was hard. I think it was hard for everyone. Yeah. Everyone in the ski industry struggled. So we didn't do as well as we wanted to do, but we did well enough to have a second year. Yeah. You know, so we, we had sales and then we did our Kickstarter, which um, really helped a lot, you know, to, to get $31,000 in a month. Um, that also helped to demonstrate Yes, you should have a second year coalition. Right. Yeah, you guys, this is the thing, you know. But um, so we, you know, didn't do as well. Um, never needed a lot. Of, like I said, like it was very lean. Like the, the, the point wasn't to be like a million dollar company in year one. Like there's a growth, you know, it's like five year growth to be multi-million dollar com- com- company. So we mm-hmm. were in year, year one. Now into year two, um, we do need to make sales. So when Jen says she needs to make sales, she's talking about pretty small numbers. It's like around 200 pairs of skis. She's not trying to compete with the big guys. And it turns out that even if she wanted to, that would be pretty difficult to do given the way the whole ski industry is set up. Here she is again explaining that. I think one thing that people don't realize about the industry is that... When you're a small company, you don't have access to the same thing that the big companies do. Like with the corporatization of ski resorts, for example, like ski like ski holdings will have specific contracts with particular companies and then you can't even get in. You can't have like a sponsored event somewhere. You can't do certain things. So there's like entire mountains and areas that like are off limits for us besides just our own organic like showing up on the mountain and, and skiing, right? Like um, even getting into some of those gear reviews sometimes five ten thousand dollars minimum just to even get into to even have your product to be reviewed and you know we are really pretty grassroots in terms of using our ambassadors and social media to get the word out Mm -hmm. about the company and that will either prove to be successful that our vision around a bottom-up ski company will be successful or it won't I know we're not supposed to say this, but I kind of hope they make it. Me too. I don't ski, and I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. And she talked about all of this kind of feminist, lean-in, women-in-business stuff, too, that usually kind of, like, bums me out. (laughs) (laughs) Just because, not because I hate women in business or anything like that. I just, it makes me feel like, you know, why do we need to, um, like, why do we still need to focus on that? Why can't it just be business people and not this, like, it's women and they're in business, you know. We, we talked about this with journalism startups too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there was Jezebel, but then Vice News now has their own girl feed and yeah. other sites have started those too. Yeah. And like, I feel like every business magazine has a like women CEO column and it's just, and like venture funds are starting to do like funds that are specifically for women led companies and all that stuff. And, and like, I, I, I think that, yes, we need to do more for there to be equality but I feel like the way it's being done is this like separate but equal thing that feels icky um but like I don't know talking to Jen kind of made me feel like okay I get it like I get why maybe in this like first wave we need to make it really obvious and like push for these things and be like yeah like by women for women and you know, like be a little bit rah-rah about it. I used to be a business reporter and I did notice that I would like search out women in business, not necessarily because they were women, but because 
we just hadn't covered it before. And a lot of the times they are doing really interesting things. Didn't really matter what their gender was. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Anyway, so what are we doing on the next episode? The next episode, we're looking at something totally different. Coyotes. Yes, I can't wait. This episode of Range was produced by me, Julia Ritchie. And me, Amy Westervelt. All of our music is by the incredibly talented David Whited. You can subscribe to Range by going to the iTunes store or find us at rangepodcast.org. And please consider giving us a rating while you're in the iTunes store if you liked what you heard today. If you have ideas for Western prospectors, gunslingers, or outlaws you'd like to see covered, send us an email at howdy at rangepodcast.org. Yeehaw! Woo! Women can make stoner films, too, is what I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay.